0: That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
2: Believe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show, along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin. I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk's Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. This month, keep an eye out for the Raspberry Bikes Shandy and the Double Disco Southeast PA Style Double IPA. But don't forget our official beer, the Pater IPA, is still available right now in Funk's tap rooms but it won't be around much longer. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Pater is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the paydirt wordmark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shopb lea com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network. It is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tune in and wherever else you get your podcasts. And, of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Uh, Matt, before we go any further, uh, a little patting ourselves on the back because you were texting me a little bit Uh, Earlier this week, uh, in regards to our sponsors, Funk Brewing, that a little birdie told you that the likes of Brady Quinn and LeVar Arrington were chatting about (laughs) our beer, the paydirt IPA from Funk Brewing.
1: Somebody texted me this morning and was like, hey, Matt, Brady Quinn and LeVar were just talking about the beer on their morning show. So, (laughs) (laughs) Tom, they must be enjoying the beer. That's all I have to say about that. But no, I hope so. as we knew like a funk does such a fantastic job and funk has done a really good job with all of their products you know ever since they they started putting beer out and, and creating you know their own business but again and you know we've said it a number of times and we're not just saying it the The beer is very good it's easy it's to drink good. um you know so hopefully you know that'll, that'll continue to grow and you know, that, that, that beer, the the beer will continue to spread and Funk Pater becomes the seasonal thing, hopefully around, uh, around August and September when Penn State football kicks off.
2: From what I understand from Funk, uh, it's no longer available in grocery stores and beer distributors. Uh, it's sold out very quickly, but the remaining beer is still available. A little bit is left in the tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown and York. I'm hoping next season we can put Uh, The McGloin pylon leap silhouette on there, kind of like a jumbled Jordan logo, kind of jump man thing. And jump is a really strong word. But I think that needs to be next season.
1: Fall. Uh, (laughs) A a fall.
2: Yeah, I I told that
1: story. I told that story to you before. I'm pretty sure I told on the show once before, but I'll gladly tell it again because it's funny. And I tell it that gets brought up to Tom to this day more often than you think. Uh, it was one of those things. So you wear the knee brace on that front lead from that front knee, right on the lead foot. There, it, it just it, it's a, it's a preventative thing, right? Just in case if I'm throwing, my front leg is stiff, right? It's planted in the ground, right? I, you don't want to you don't want a lineman falling on you. You don't want a mm-hmm. D lineman diving into the back of your knee or, or getting rolled up or anything like that, and just taking an unnecessary hit or a freak accident that leads to a serious injury. You know, that leg is. You know, a uh, majority of the time when you're throwing the football, that leg is in a very vulnerable position. So you'll see a lot of guys wear knee braces on that on that front lead leg um, when playing the quarterback position. But it was one of those things, Tom, where like you, I made the turn and I'm running, running, running. And like you're looking at the pile. and thinking to myself, oh, this is it. You got to dive. You got to dive. You know, have that moment. But like I got to it and it was almost too late to realize that I didn't have to. So I dove, jump, whatever. The knee, the, the knee, <laughs> knee brace got caught in the dirt. I fell. It looked terrible, but hey, man! At the end of the day, it's a touchdown, and it counts for
2: six. Touchdown's a touchdown. That's that's the beauty of it. But I, I do think that silhouette, uh, provided we get another that's Funk good. Brewing run of Patered IPA next season, that's that's got to be the can. That's uh, good. I want to thank uh, all of our listeners. Uh, we continue to be so blown away by the response. Um, our audience is just grown by leaps and bounds this season. We appreciate it. Uh, And Matt, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, Paydirt has has been heard in at least 69 countries and territories. (laughs) It's incredible. Pretty wild. Penn State fans all over the world.
1: Uh, Again, and I'm like, it's, it's, so sometimes Tom, like it surprises you, but then sometimes you're like, I don't know why it surprises me because everywhere I've been, and I'm sure you get this too, you'll hear the we are chant.
2: Oh, yeah, out
1: of nowhere. And you have to turn around Penn State, you know, and hey, Matt, you know, I'm class of 84. Hey, Matt, I'm class of 71. You get that everywhere, man. It's it's just incredible. And the older I get, you know, the more fortunate, you know, you know, you feel because you truly understand you are a part of something so special, man. It's it's incredible.
2: It's a great community. Obviously, Uh, let's dive into uh, before we get into the full preview of Penn State versus Maryland. That is this Saturday at three thirty PM Eastern, live on Fox. Do want to recap a couple of things that came out of uh, Head Coach Jane Franklin's press conference uh, earlier this week? Uh, There were a variety of topics, Matt, that I, I really wanted to touch on with you. I want to start with the offensive line, which for a lot of fans is the focal point of a lot of frustration, a lot of questions. Obviously, there have been. A lot of injuries, a lot of turnover. To a degree, it's been a revolving door. Um, One in particular note is that, unfortunately, Landon Tangwall has had surgery. Uh, That was not disclosed what that surgery is, but unfortunately, Landon is lost for the season. Um, At the same time, uh, there is the concern over moving forward with uh, Hunter Norzad following the game against Indiana. However, uh, Hunter Norzad uh, announced this week that he is returning for the 2023 season. As a matter of fact, he's going to stay at Penn State uh, to get his master's degree. So it's really uh, very cool to see a guy who started at Cornell, came to Penn State, is committed to his education, and is committed to being at Penn State. So uh, you know what it's like, obviously, dealing with offensive line where it maybe feels like patchwork at times. There have been a lot of injuries. Penn State's hoping to get Caden Wallace, offensive tackle, back this week before Maryland. Uh, When you see all these headlines that came out of the press conference and then going into Maryland, how do you feel about the O-line right now?
1: Yeah, you definitely have your, your worries, your concerns. One of the things I think helps Penn State this week is that, you know, I think one of the weaker points when when it comes to Maryland and, and their defense, there is kind of that front seven, that 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 front four as well. I think Penn State could take full advantage of that, um, especially in the run game and in terms of pass protection this week, Tom. Um, but it's different, you know. It's different as a quarterback as well when you walk in the huddle and somebody's different in there every single time, right? It 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 it, it kind of you know. Scares you for a second. You walk in, you're like, "Wait, who's in here
2: now?" Okay, okay, okay. Here we're good. Let's go play. And it's just not to not to interrupt you, but especially in the lead up to the game, do you feel or in your experience, did you have to do more to let's stop down? I have to explain more to this guy, something like that.
1: Yeah, because it's kind of you. You want to know who it's gonna be. You know what I mean? It's a comfort thing. It's I want to know who's going to be in there. What five guys are going to be in there driving and drive out with me when I walk in there? Who can I look at and who can I say? Because I was big on eye contact in the huddle, Tom. So when I'm in there and I'm calling a run play and I'm saying, I'm looking right at you because I know it's going in your direction. I'm making sure you clearly hear what I'm saying. Right? thing like that or a pass play or a certain route combination. I'm looking at wide receivers. I'm not just calling a play, man. I'm talking to you. I'm telling you what the play is. Heck, sometimes I'm telling you what your job may be to do. So when you have a lot of moving parts and a lot of different offensive line in there, like there's just, there's so many different types of communication and and, and things like that, that it does get difficult at times because it forces you to continue to think about, you know, uh, different personalities, you know, what guys do well, what guys don't do well. Um, you know, so uh, you're already thinking about a number of things, Tom. So when you're having moving parts like that, that's just that one extra thing sometimes takes you a second or two to get used to it in the huddle and say, all right, who do we have here? All right, here we go. Let's go. You know, um, you know, we may have to slide protection this way. We may need to slide protection that way. If I know this guy's in the game here, um, you know, we may need, we may have to chip, we may have to bring a tight end in or keep a running back in. It can completely change, you know, the style of offense that you're running or what you're doing, um, again, in terms of pass protection, blocking schemes, what my alerts and my audibles or my adjustments may be because of personnel, um, you know, so, so that, you know, th- that's the difficult part about it. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see, Tom, how, how this certainly plays out for Penn State. Um, you know, I think one of the good things that are some younger guys are getting some some quality playing time, um, which you cannot replicate game reps, right? We saw some guys play last week. Um, you know they'll continue to get better, but and these three, this including that last game, these four games, right? Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State, right? These are all winnable games. Games Penn State should be favored in. So I would feel pretty good knowing that. Yeah, it may look a little different. We may have moving parts here, but if we take care of what we're supposed to do, we should win all of these games. So. we're in a really good spot now that we we have to play these younger guys, that it's still okay because we still have enough around them that we'll be able to get by.
2: And and one thing that was raised uh, by James Franklin during his press conference was uh, those young players that you talked about, especially along the offensive line, the likes of Vega, Nelson, Shelton, they're very excited about Vega, what he can be down the line. So redshirting is something that's in the back of their minds uh, in regards to these young offensive linemen. And because of the... Need to fill and the need for starters due to all these injuries, etc uh, There's a concern of, okay, do we need to burn a red shirt? How do we not burn a red shirt? And to your point, with only three games left in the season, there's some wiggle room. You could keep a guy out of a bowl game theoretically. That's, you know, it gives you a nice long landing strip to get to that point. But uh, that's definitely something that's a concern. Um, something to keep an eye on is that Olu Fashanu, um, who's got NFL aspirations, is week to week with an injury. So, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on things if he's available for Maryland. Uh, some of the other things that were touched upon um, is the quarterback situation, I and mean, not necessarily in the way that I think a lot of Penn State fans thought it might come up, Matt, is the fact that you know Sean Clifford, very similar to what happened against Minnesota, slow, sluggish start, then got things together, and obviously Penn State just mowed down Indiana this past weekend. Uh, you saw Drew Aller get into the game late, two touchdown passes, continuing to crystallize that promise that hope for <laughs> 2023 but also Christian Veyer got in late in the game and looked like we expected him to and uh, James Franklin was asked about Christian Veyer's, uh response because you and I and the entire media everybody's talking about is it Sean Clifford or is it Drew Aller and you and I have continued to bring up hey like in 2023 either Aller Veyer or Pribula is not going to be on the roster and I know a lot of people are like Why would Drew Aller not be there? And it's you just never know what's going to happen. The transfer portal, NIL being what it is. uh, But James Franklin was extremely complimentary of Veyer. He said, quote, "Uh, Christian's been phenomenal. The whole quarterback room has been. There have been some tough conversations and decisions. Some players play immediately and play well. Others redshirt and play well later. A lot of twists and turns for everyone. But Christian's attitude has been great totally engaged, works on the scout team. I hope he stays here at Penn State, chases his dream, gets his degree. We'll see how it all plays out. What do you think when you hear that?
1: I think a combination of things. I think one, I mean, if you're Christian Veiger, like coaches don't just say that first off, right? If they, if they don't want to say anything about you, they won't say
2: anything, right? The phrase, I hope he stays here. That's interesting.
1: So yeah, I, yeah. So I mean, if a coach is bringing you up and you're third on the depth chart, Says a lot about one who you are as a person, who you are as a teammate, right? Who, who what type of you know of character you have, what you're bringing every single day, what type of attitude you have. Clearly, the kid has a positive attitude. Tom, I've been third on the depth chart before at Penn State. I started the 2010 season third on the depth chart at Penn State. I think I went on to start seven games. You know that year, I've been fourth on the depth chart my first year with the Oakland Raiders and ended up starting, I, don't know, I think, six games. This game, college NFL, it changes every hour. You never know when your opportunity is going to come. You never know when you're going to get your opportunity to shine. Now, there there comes a point in time, Tom, where you certainly do need to make a decision, though, if you're third on the depth chart and you feel like you are capable of contributing and being an everyday guy and being a starting quarterback at the Division I level. Now, is Christian Veyer that guy? We don't really know because he's never really had the chance or the opportunity to do so right he played well against Rutgers a year ago and he's played well in the spring game I remember when we talked I was talking, saying this kid's gonna be the backup this kid's the backup but now obviously you know Penn State Mike Yursich James Franklin saw something we didn't get the chance to see which was Aller's development over the summer throughout training camp and I mean you know at times this year when we've had the chance to, to see Aller I mean, you know, the the talent is certainly there. The arm strength is certainly there. So, you know, you do feel bad for a guy like Vayer, but he's going to have to, after these three games, he's going to have to ask himself the question, okay, am I comfortable with the situation that I'm in right now, right? I can continue to go on and be a backup. He's got to know at this point in time, the future doesn't look good for him at Penn State. Drew Allar is the guy moving forward. So you're either going to be a second team guy or depending on what Perbula develops, you could be a third-team guy again. Is that good enough for him to, to be a good leader, a good teammate, um, you know, a good quarterback to have in that room to help teach these younger guys to continue his education and get one of the best degrees that you can possibly get in the United States at, at, at Penn State University? Or do you want to leave and bet on yourself and take a chance and go somewhere else? I mean, the one thing that I would say... Um, was to do not have any regrets, right? If something's telling you to go, go, right? But if something's saying, you know what? I I think the right decision is to stay, be the best teammate I can possibly be. Who knows? Maybe I'll get a couple more starts throughout my career. But if I can be here every single day, be a great teammate, be a great leader, graduate from a fantastic university, I'm happy with that. So, I I I mean, it'll certainly be interesting, Tom, to see what happens. But when Sean Clifford's gone, there will not be... Perbula, Alar, and Vayer on that roster in 2023. One of them, one of them, you know, uh, could possibly leave depending on again what Vayer decides
2: to do. Yeah, I, I was just thrilled to hear that he's quote totally engaged. It, it it's got to be so easy as a backup, and as I mentioned with the transfer portal, the way it is, to not be engaged. So that that's awesome to hear, and it gives you a lot of hope for the future of the quarterback position at Penn State. Um, Speaking of the future, uh, two freshman running backs, Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, the players of the game against Indiana. The two had virtually identical numbers. However, Katron Allen uh, was the offensive player of the game uh, coming out of Saturday. He was spectacular. Um, These two continue to be excellent. The question was asked um, about Singleton and Allen hitting the proverbial freshman wall obviously the high school football season shorter than the college football season so it is around this time of year that you tend to see uh the fatigue maybe catch up a little bit with these players uh James Franklin didn't really seem to give that much credence if anything he was laughing he was like oh I could use that as a cop-out down the line uh but he did say oh we're looking forward to having uh running back Kevon Lee back in the mix to possibly prevent against that if at -hmm. all um when you hear about the freshman wall is that real I
1: think it is for certain positions, um, you know, and which I'll talk about, you know, in a second. But yeah, I mean, Tom, like they have the luxury of playing two guys now that are freshmen, two talented guys who can carry the weight of the team week in and week out. But you never know which one it's going to be. So it doesn't just fall on one individual, right? It falls on both of those guys in that running back room. So I don't think either one of these guys are going to hit a wall because they've been able to bounce off of one another year in and year out and have that healthy competition, right? One guy has a great game, the other guy has a, you know, pretty good game. Next week, you know, this guy has a great game and the other guy has a so-so game. So, I don't think they're going to hit that wall. I think it's harder to hit that wall at the running back position than, you know, it would be at a quarterback position where you ask a freshman to start week 1, um, you know, an 18-year-old kid. All right, here you go. Major Division 1 program. Go lead us to to a Big Ten championship game and a national title game. Uh, You could really see it there. And I think, Tom, the the most difficult part about it for a younger guy is just like not, uh, you know, understanding there's no light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's the same thing every single day, right? As, you know, as a student athlete, professional athlete, whatever it may be, Tom, you're a creature of habit, right? Find a routine, stick to that routine, find something that works. But that takes time. It takes time to find the right routine. It takes time to find that certain thing that makes you feel as near as 100% as you can feel, right? You know what I mean? Because once the season kicks off, you never feel 100%, right? Right. You just feel okay day in and day out. But that's, that's the difference, Tom. Just feeling okay day in and day out, you still have to be great. So I think if you're like a freshman quarterback or a younger quarterback, those are the things that you may struggle with and certainly take time to figure out but at the, uh, these freshmen running back have gotten better week in and week out and I expect them to continue the same thing throughout these next 3 weeks time and you know what's going to be massive ball practice for
2: these young guys too are you a fan of rivalries are you a fan of smack talk do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White Tea is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with The Worst Tee, for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear SMACK. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. This month is No Shave November, so visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com all month long. You can get a free beard comb with any purchase of $25 or more. Just use the promo code FREECOMB. That's F-R-E-E-C-O-M-B. Also, a reminder, use our promo code paydirt15, that's paydirt15, at checkout, for 15% off your order. Maestro's classic, crafting a better you. Just to have, you know, there's a lot of people speculating Penn State could be in a New Year's Six Bowl, so we'll have to see how the...
1: the Maybe Alabama. The
2: ball. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want I don't necessarily want to deal with the tide, period. But anyway, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in regards to a bowl game, but that gives you a month prepare to heal up you know recover whatever ways and then uh, shine hopefully in a bowl game but uh, and then looking ahead you know a bowl game is on the you know on the horizon but at the same time you got three games left and the point was raised in the press conference earlier this week is that Penn State doesn't really have a signature win um, do you agree with that and do you think they need one
1: well they're, they're not going to get one this year right um, yeah I think you need one you know that that's the, the ten wins is fantastic. Anytime you can get the ten wins is incredible. But again, it's the two losses is Michigan, Ohio State, right? Top two, two teams in the top five in in America. Um, you know, and that's why I mentioned Bama because Bama will probably be ten and two, right? So there, there's your potential bowl game right there. I mean, and that's that that's a that's a daunting. big game. That's a tough mm-hmm. game right there. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah. I, I mean, look. You struggle with winning the games you're supposed to win, losing the games you're supposed to lose, right? I mean, that signature win can change everything. It can change the way the Big Ten thinks about you, it can change the way that the country thinks about you, the college football playoff, right? All that stuff. So the fact that they haven't been able to get one this year or even last year, Tom, you know, I, I, I think it really has to be frustrating. I think you do need a signature win, you know, to, to cap off an incredible
2: year. I think the signature win, if it comes, is going to happen in the bowl game. Absolutely. If you win that game, depending on who you draw, there's a lot of things that come with it. But you can cap off this season and make a big statement going into 2023, which I know a lot of people are like, the bowl game's is meaningless, et cetera. But you can influence rankings. You can influence recruits. You can influence a lot of things if you go into a major bowl game, like we've speculated, possibly a New Year's Six, possibly against somebody as high profile as an Alabama or another team. You win that game convincingly gives you a lot of promise. Well said Uh, the the rest of the schedule for Penn State, you and I don't necessarily foresee there being a signature win because honestly, they should win all these games. Uh, You've got Rutgers and uh, Michigan State following this weekend, but let's focus on the Maryland game. Uh, This has been a slightly contentious rivalry over the last uh, decade, I would say. There have been a couple of instances here and there of where it gets personal, but Penn State has gotten the advantage of the Terrapins for the most part. Uh, And this is tough for Maryland because they're 6-3, and but they're 500 in their last six games, and all of them have been in the Big Ten. Um, Their record is really interesting, Matt, in that they only lost by seven to Michigan uh, at Michigan. Then they lost to, they won against Michigan State, lost by three or lost by two, excuse me, at home against Purdue, um, won a very close game at Indiana, won a close game home against Northwestern, and then lost last week at Wisconsin by a score of 23 to 10. It just reeks of inconsistency. Yeah. What do you see when you turn on the tape in Maryland?
1: Bad weather last week. Right. And I yeah, really think that and, and again, when you're a pass heavy football team, when you're a team that relies on the right arm of Talia Tonga Viola, um, and and that talent and speed that they have on the outside, you know, and you're playing in tough conditions and, and you have to, you know, run the football, you you have to try to play check down football. I mean, I mean I mean Maryland ran the football forty one times last week, Tom. That's not that's not who they are as a team. This is a pass-heavy football team. Um, I mean, Tali is completing almost seventy percent of his passes. You know, this season he's a very good football uh, football player. I remember talking before the season started on XM and I think on this podcast as well, Tom and I said Maryland's going to beat somebody they're not supposed to. Right? Do I feel that same way now? That the season goes on that it can be Penn State. I don't. I think this again. I think this defense is too good. Um, but still, what scares me this week about this Maryland team, first off, it's going to be 50 degrees on Saturday, mostly sunny day, right? That plays, And again, that's why I brought up the bad way. That plays in a Maryland's favor. When you want to throw the football on a crisp November day, nice sunny day. I've played in a lot of those games in Beaver Stadium, Tom, right? The ball just jumps out of your hand, right? It, it does. Um, so I expect Maryland to throw the football all over the field. Um, on Saturday, you have to get Talia to turn the football over. He's been better at it you know, this year than he has in years past, but you got to get him to turn the football over. Um, this offensive line for Maryland's very good as well, Tom. Right? DJ Glaze is a good player. Jalen Duncan, Spencer Anderson, uh, Lunsford. I've called a few Maryland games last year. Uh, I called their spring game this year, Tom. That's a talented group. Roman Hemby is doing a fantastic job for them at the running back spot too. Again, for a team that doesn't run a lot, He's really done some good things. So, you know, I I fear the passing attack when you're playing a team that likes to throw the ball downfield. They're not afraid to push it down the field. They like they look for chunk plays. They look for explosive plays. What I saw against Ohio State scares me. Ohio State was able to pick up yardage, yardage, yardage. Rakim Jarrett, Jay Sean Jones, Dante Dimas is having a, a down year statistically, but any one of those guys can go off and make plays and have a great day. And that tight end, Dupree, is playing really well for, the, for Maryland as well. They have five, you know, six guys that can make big plays for them on the offensive side of the ball.
2: There's a lot of things, Matt, that feel like looking in a mirror when it's this Maryland offense to Penn State's offense. You can argue just simply on the statistics that Talia is kind of a more athletic, more explosive Sean Clifford. His completion percentage, granted, I'll give him credit, is six points better. However, roughly the same touchdown to interception ratio, and he's been sacked 14 times, which is a part of what I'm talking about. Is He is a better ability to run than Sean Clifford, so has had a bunch of different instances where he's trying to extend the play and gets brought down, so that can be a problem. You expect that with more mobile quarterbacks. But to your point, I think the exact same thing in the Penn State offense, kind of what you just said about Maryland's and that, There's a lot of weapons, you know, six, seven deep. It's just a matter of can you be consistent with moving the ball forward? And then on top of what you talked about with Roman Henby, um, Antoine Littleton is six foot, 235 pounds at running back. He is a bulldozer. Um, But when you saw what Penn State did against Indiana, set the single game record at Penn State for tackles for loss. Do you feel like they'll be able to shut down Maryland?
1: They have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when they if they if they're gonna want to you know throw a deep throw a deep quick play quick play they're gonna want to run it in there, but you have to make it known early that listen if you're gonna want to win this football game you're gonna have to beat us through the air right that's it. But and I know some of you're probably thinking well if they're a strong you know passing team isn't that what they're gonna game playing it to be anyways? Yeah, it is. But the way that they're gonna have to beat it, Tom, and it's just something that you just said. The way they're gonna have to beat it is they have to keep this kid inside the pocket. You mentioned him being this you know, creator, this kid that can extend plays. Penn State has been hurt. Quarterbacks extending plays. Quarterback running this year has been an issue at times for, for, for this defense. So for me, I'm focused on one, obviously stopping the run. Two, saying, all right, Talia, let's just see how great you are. You're going to beat us, but you need to beat us from the pocket. Right? We're not going to let you extend plays. We're not going to let you create. We're not going to let you run for first downs on third downs. Um, you're not going to pick up seven yards on a first and 10 scramble here and get to second and short. We're going to contain. We're going to force you to make the right decisions, play in and play out, pass in and pass out. If you want to throw it 40 to 44 times Saturday afternoon, they're all going to be from the pocket unless you call sprint outs and things like that, Tom. But if they can do that, if they can keep, keep this kid in the pocket like that and they again they air it out 40 or so times they should have the chance to have two picks because he will put it in harm's way and he will give you a chance to create turnovers
2: one thing james franklin talked about this week coming out of the indiana game was the concept of sudden change defense and then he talked about seven out of ten drives by the hoosiers resulted in zero points uh and that is outstanding uh but you know you want to you, you, you got to see what this is going to be like against Maryland, to your point, because um, Talia, for all his gifts, you, you and I have seen and you've gotten to call a lot of Maryland games. There are times where he just falls into these modes where he gets frustrated, he gets emotional, and it turns into turnover city um, as a quarterback. How do you stay calm?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes, he's been a little better at it this year than he has in years yes. past, Tom, but it's he doesn't want to give up a play. You know what I mean? Like he's that much of a competitor that he tries to make every single throw, he, he tries to extend every single play. Right? Look, sometimes a throwaway is the best play. Sometimes a sack is the best play. Um, sometimes I am just dirting a ball. Throw it. You know, everybody's covered. You know what things are like? Just throw it at somebody's foot, right? So you don't get intentional grounding, right? Sometimes those are the best plays. But he has struggled with that, trying to create plays, feeling like he can make every single throw on the field, playing and play out. Um, you know, it's like you got something to prove. I, I've. I've played like that before through you know throughout my career like you feel like you can make every single throw that's tough to overcome Tom um but you get to a certain point where you start to understand the game how to play the game understanding you know situations right you know first and ten second and short it's okay I can just if I don't like what I see I can check it down right if you know, you're struggling a little bit. All right, let me find my running backs, let me find my tight ends. Hey, hey, coach, let me get a screen here or something like that, right? Just let me get back back in rhythm, things like that. You know what I mean? So there, 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 there there's a lot of things you can do. Um, you want to obviously keep that competitor in you, Tom, but you gotta be smart, right? You you need to become a football player, not a robot. Um, you know, not somebody out there that's just trying to, you know, win the game with every single throw right understand the situation understand your job uh, understand you know what moment you're at at the game right take your chances when they're there but they need to be calculated chances
2: flipping the field Penn State's offense against Maryland's defense uh you saw a lot of good things from Penn State's offense against Indiana now granted you and I were talking about before we came on here that was not a good Indiana team Uh, they lost five in a row that it's just a down year for Tom Allen and company in it a bummer for Indiana fans I'm sure Uh, at the same time Sean Clifford started slow the offense started slow and it's something James Franklin talked about this week is we've got to start fast and we saw a slow start against Minnesota we saw a really slow start against Michigan I mean it's been symptomatic of the season and frankly it was in September as well Uh, how do you work against that and and does that have to start with the quarterback (sighs)
1: like <sighs> you're talking about a slow start, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's hard to explain in a way, Tom, because you feel great every week, right? Running out of the tunnel, you feel like you're going to march right down the field and score. Um, you know, but, you know, sometimes it's just not there. The throws aren't there. The runs aren't there. Um, you know, this is a game where you need to be able to adjust rapidly on the fly, right? If, if what we're doing early on is not working, you need to be able to pivot really quickly and say, okay, what else is going to work for us then? We need to do that. We can't continue to be stubborn to the point where, you know, this isn't working, that isn't working. You know, we look slow. Everybody's looking around at one another for answers. Um, you know, I think it does fall on the quarterback sometimes, Tom, you know, just because, you know, you want to find completions early in the game. You want to move the chains early in the game. You want to get a feel for what they're doing defensively, um, right? How, how this game is going to go. Yeah, I think early on too, you get a feel for what this game is going to be like. Right? Is going to be one of those games where you're going to have to grind it out, um, take care of the football. You know, one turnover in, you know that that can you know lose you the game or you know win you the game. Um, you know, or is it going to be like a shootout? Where you know you're gonna be throwing the football all night. It's gonna be electric atmosphere, right? You know, um, so you get a pretty good feel for that. Um, but it's again, it's knowing and understanding which one of those situations and moments you're in, and then being able to recognize it and say, "All right, here's what we need to do. This isn't working. Let's figure it out. Let's move on, guys."
2: The Sean Clifford that plays, you know, in the second and third quarter you know, against Indiana, gosh, I really like that, you know, 15 to 23, 229 yards passing altogether, the interception in the beginning, it just kind of drives you nuts. And, and I understand that with Penn State fans, especially. Uh, so honestly, those numbers on paper, Matt, we talked about all season long, if he can live there, Penn State can win the game. And now you just saw a dominant running effort you know, against the Hoosiers.
1: I just hope I, I hope his mindset and his mentality isn't like, I hope he's not running out there thinking of that. You know what I'm saying, Tom? Like, all right, don't turn it over. Don't make a mistake. Don't throw in completions. Don't do this. Don't do that. Right? that That's the last thing you want to do. You got to understand that's going to happen. Interceptions are going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen. You know, errors are going to happen. Your job is to limit them, though. Right? Limit to them where, you know, they don't cost you a game. But you're right. I think it was one of those things where, like, he turned the football over and was just like, "All right, well, there it is. All right, now I can move on and just play." Like, he, he can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for, for me, Tom, it was like, as soon as I got hit, it was like, "All right, here we go, game time." Because there have been like, I, I'm just sitting here thinking now, a few times, like, you know, thinking about my career and stuff like that. I'd be like two drives in and I break the hunt. I think to myself, like, mm, you know what? I haven't been hit yet. I kind of hope somebody hits me, you know. And then you know, then we can, you know. Just settle in and get going. Um, but yeah, the last thing you want to do is go out there and, you know, just expect to make make a mistake or or wait for something to happen so that you can settle in and and move on like that. Um, I just I hope that's not where he's at mentally, just because of what I'm sure he's dealing with, knowing that a good bulk of fans want want number fifteen playing.
2: Yeah, and listen, Drew Aller came in. Look good against Indiana. Granted, late yeah. in the game, game was in hand. Not a good de- team that he's playing against, but Drew Allen looked good. So that you know, hope springs eternal. Uh, going into this game for me, Matt, it, it's kind of the old school way of football that I think you and I tend to love when it comes to Penn State. And I would love to see the quarterback under center and hand the ball off mm. 30 to 40 times in this game <laughs> because now what you've seen from Catron Allen and Nick Singleton for, for the entire season for the most part. It's really good. It's really positive. I understand, you know, kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. It's a patchwork offensive line, and you've seen over the last few weeks as the injuries have mounted for the offensive line how Mike Yursich is change things up and that yes this is probably not an offensive line that is built to have the quarterback go under center and do those sorts of things you're going to see more rpos just to create a little bit of space uh you're definitely going to see more situations where you're going to get a chipping tight end getting the ball out quickly bootlegs uh sprint outs etc just anything to make that easier on the offensive line so uh, I don't know exactly what that looks like against Maryland, um, I, and I know you and I have been a little bit concerned with some of the play calling as of late. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'd like to see them go back to that style, that Michigan style of football here uh, against Maryland, because what, what I mean, one, I think one of the things you're going to want to do this week is win the t- win the t- uh, time of possession battle. You're not going to be you're not going to want to be in a game where. You know, you're three and out, and now you're putting the ball back in Talia and in, in, in this offense hand. And Dan, Dan Enos is a fantastic play caller. Guy's been around for a long time. And, you know, he's he's been, you know, crucial in, in helping turn this program around alongside Mike Loxley. So th- this isn't a game you're going to want to get a shootout in. I mean, I can see Penn State, honestly, Tom to need, needing to score 35 to 37 you know, to win this football game? Because, I mean, I can easily see Maryland scoring four times. I really couldn't. That's not, that's not a dig at the defense or anything like that, but that's that's how explosive this, this offense can be for Maryland. So, you know, d- defensive ends need to contain this week, right? I mean, I, I think Chop Robinson, um, you know, you have to think he's had this game circled for a while, you know, no, knowing that he's transferred in from Maryland. Um, I can see him having a great game um adisa isaac nick tarburton right these guys need to hold the edge this week they need to contain um force everything inside force tali to push the pocket and win the game um you know from the pocket tom but but again this is a game where running the football is crucial um and completions from sean clifford are crucial as well um you know, so it. it, it I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious to see what Ursuch's game plan is early on here. Will they try to establish the run early? Um, you know, or or heck, is he thinking if we have to get into a shootout, we'll get into a shootout? I don't know. I hope that's not the case. There's no need to. There's no need to take that chance time or or to go that route against this team. Um, you know, if, if you can be balanced, if you can do what you did last week, um, you should have no problem winning this game.
2: In my opinion, this Saturday against Maryland is the last credible threat you have for a loss on the schedule. You Mm -hmm. should beat Rutgers convincingly. You should beat Michigan State convincingly. Penn State's getting minus 10 at home against Maryland. I do expect them to cover that, so we'll see what happens. Uh, It's Penn State hosting Maryland this Saturday. Again, that's at 3.30 p.m. Eastern live on Fox. Join us here on Pater for the full recap this Saturday. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at McGloin QB11 and at Tom Hannafin. PATER is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by
2: subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us
1: out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.